Small businesses are at the heart of the U.S. economy. Here at Nurture Small Business Podcast, we're dedicated to seeing our small business owners succeed. I am your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. If you like what you hear on today's podcast, please share it. You have my gratitude for doing so. The recruiting process is a hypersensitive game of deal or no deal, and it can often feel like prospects have all the leverage. The cycle breaks when your prospective candidates know who you are, your mission and vision, and who your leadership team is. This is what Neha Naik does for top technical roles in large companies, and we get the pleasure of speaking to her today. Welcome to the show, Neha. Thanks, Denise, for having me, and thank you to all the listeners. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So we had a great pre-conversation, and um, I want to I want you to share with the audience what does Gyan mean. Yeah, so Gyan actually um, in Sanskrit it means knowledge, um, and so coming from the Indian heritage, um, I really wanted to honor that um, part of my culture and my background, and so I wanted to incorporate that in my business name. So it really means knowledge and just that you know the wisdom. Okay. And your company is called Recruit Gyan, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Tell me a little bit about it. So Recruit Gyan, basically, I started this company because, um, you know, eight years ago, I started freelancing and I had a lot of companies um, where I worked and helped them fulfill some of their open positions. And so really, you know, I I always use the hashtag on LinkedIn, not your average recruiter, because we really here at Recruit Gyan, we want to stand apart from our, you know, uh, people that are doing something very similar than us. I don't like the word competition because I really believe in the abundance mindset, but um, we like to just really step away from the norm. And, you know, recruiters get a lot of bad rap, right? We've heard had that being happen. And so for us, it's really about the quality of service that we provide, not just our clients, but also our candidates. And, you know, how do we do that by making sure that we're actually helping people, um, whether it's finding their next hire or finding their next new responsibility in a very quality oriented way? What has been, so there have been a lot of things relating to workforce and um, recruiting over the last couple of years, the tone of a tsunami, the great resignation, and now I'm hearing the great regret. (laughs) So talk to me, what have, from, from an insider perspective, what do you, what is the current existing challenge? Yeah, I think, you know, as we all know, we see the news, there's layoffs happening everywhere. Um, We also know that there's some type of recession either happening right now or coming up. And so I can tell that people are nervous to spend money to hire talent. Um, people are scared to change jobs because they just don't know if they go to this next company, if their role is going to stick around, essentially, because all that's happening. Um, and so there's a lot of uncertainty. And it feels like right now, it very much is the employer's market as opposed to the employee's market, right? And so what that means is um, companies... Um, are, you know, being a little bit more picky in terms of who they want to hire, right? And because there are layoffs happening, essentially candidates and um, employees don't have as much of a choice because they're just worried that if they jump ship or, you know, if that happens and they go somewhere else, they may not have their role guaranteed. Or even right now where they're employed, they don't know there's going to be any cuts back, uh, cutbacks or furloughs or any of that happening right now. So it just feels very uncertain. People are very like afraid, you know, people are not spending a lot of cash. Businesses are, you know, not spending a lot of money or efforts on any new projects that require, um, you know, cash only because we're, they're just trying to maneuver during this time right now. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because um, I network with a lot of business owners and they're still saying they're having a hard time finding talent. Mm -hmm. Why is that? What's happening? (laughs) It's definitely a catch-22, right? And I think a lot of times companies, there's still companies that are hiring. We have clients right now that are working with us that are hiring. Um, And companies are of all shapes and sizes are hiring, right? So whether you're a startup, whether you're an uh, enterprise company, if you are seeing that boom, if you are seeing those profits come in um, and you're not stressed about cash flow, then you're going to continue to hire. So I think a lot of, you know, a lot of companies who are hiring are struggling with finding the talent um, because one, they probably don't have the right process in place or they're having turnover within their company, right? And so when you have turnover, you don't have the right recruiting process and you don't know who that next hire is. And if you're hiring because you're in triage mode, because you need someone now versus hiring thoughtfully, um, then you're going to see that, you know, stressor because you're going to have hire people that you're not really like thinking about why you're hiring and they're going to leave you or you're going to have to let them go because there's a mismatch there. And essentially when that happens, you see companies complain about like, we're not finding the right people, Right. And so it's really about how thoughtful you are in structuring your hiring process and getting out there and finding the people because people are there. Um, It's really about how are you positioning your company, the role, the team, the hiring manager, their manager, right? And the benefits and how are you kind of positioning it to them? Because remember, people want stability. People want to be like a cultural add to the company. They want to make an impact. And if you're not able to get that out to them, then they're not going to want to come to you because they're like, I don't know about this. This is, this feels uncertain. Absolutely. We we've been in higher mode for probably the last month. And, you know, one of the things actually a candidate that I interviewed today said to me, yeah, I looked at your podcasts and your reviews on Glassdoor and ZipRecruiter and, you know, and I, and then I went over to your YouTube channel and looked at some of your shorts over there. So they're, the candidates are really checking companies out, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. So besides recruiting, I also know you do some employee transition services relating to layoffs. And I believe that's what, how you reached out to me. Yeah. So we do employee transitions uh, primarily because, Denise, I believe that, you know, a company's culture is not just about, you know, what they do when people get there, you know, as part of the team, but it's also how they let people go, right? Because I really believe in in the swinging pendulum. So what goes up comes down, right? So just because right now, unfortunately, you're having to lay people off for whatever reason. Um, if you are a vision, mission, and value-based employer, um, and if you really care about, you know, your your team, your employees' well-being, not just when they're with you, but also when you have to lay them off or transition them or furlough them or whatever that situation looks like, um, that's really what's going to dictate the type of leader and the type of culture you want to instill. So I just finished reading this book called The Infinite Game by uh, yeah, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And he talks about this infinite-minded leader, right? Who really thinks not just about today, but 10 steps from today and what's going to happen. And so my employee transition package was actually born out of that is what kind of a leader do you want to be when unfortunately you're having to reduce workforce, right? Because there's a there's a way to do it where you're sending people emails at 3 a.m., but there's also a way to do it where you're being really thoughtful about it, right? And even if they are transitioning off, you're actually helping them through that transition. So my employee transition packages are for you as an employer, if you're unfortunately having to let people go, but you're like, hey, I want to support them, right? So we do resume reviews, we do LinkedIn reviews, we do mindset coaching, we do abundance coaching um, on how to kind of embrace this mentality of abundance. So essentially for us, the employee transition is really about um, supporting employers and leaders who want to take 
their layoffs to the next level, right? Where you're not just emailing people at 3 a.m. and letting people go, but you're basically then saying like, okay, we have to let you go, but we have hired this company who's going to work with you for the next four to six weeks and ensure that you have the next opportunity that you're looking for. So you're basically coming in, creating a piece of mind for the employees who might have been downsized and giving them the what's next steps. Correct. Exactly. So it's really about, again, inculcating this culture of abundance, inculcating this culture of positivity, because, you know, if you've ever been laid off or let go or fired, you know, it's not a good feeling, especially if you're the only breadwinner of the family, right? It's, and a lot of people, unfortunately, like, you know, you read these articles, like, oh, I went on my maternity leave, and I just got an email saying not to come back. Like, it's, it's actually really scary when you read these things. And some of these employees have been with the companies for years, right? And so it's that culture of, when you onboarded these people, you had like this meticulous onboarding process and, you know, trainings. But what about when you offboard them? Are you just like letting them go via email? Are you being that support leader, that thought leader that's actually allowed them to even grow from just the layoffs, not just from when you onboard them, right? So it's really kind of doing that because I feel like when you hire again and you want to hire, you are going to hire if you continue to scale and grow, then these people could come back to you based on how they were let go, right? And even if they don't come back to you, they will be a good referral source that they can say, hey, this employer treated me really well and leave you amazing, raving, positive glass reviews. Yeah, absolutely. And I think reviews uh, account for a lot because people, as I just mentioned, people definitely do that. So when you work with a company, tell me a little bit about what you would do? What would be the first steps you you might go through to get this process started? So I think the very first step that we have right now is getting in, in line with the leadership and the HR team and understanding if the layoffs have already happened or they're about to happen. So we get, you know, kind of called in in different situations. A lot of times it's like, hey, we need to shut this department down entirely in two weeks. And so, you know, we're going to start doing severance and we're going to start introducing you guys, right? Because I think part of it is also like for the company to deliver the news and then to give people that time, right? And then once they've had that time, then basically we reach out to the, the list of people that the company gives us and we have trainings, right? We do live trainings every week. We work with them one-on-one on their resume and LinkedIn, but there's got to be some type of you know ownership on the employee's part too, right? So if they want to take us up on that, um, we have some team members say like, hey, you know what? I know I got laid off, but I want to take that two-week vacation with my wife that I never got to take, right? So let me reach out to you once I'm back from that. So we kind of give them that space. Um, But typically with the employer, we start working on, you know, what kind of surveys were done, you know, what are they concerned about with their employees as they're transitioning out? What is something that they want us to work with them on? You know, what have they heard from their team that they're like, okay, LinkedIn reviews, resume reviews, is it mindset? Is it helping them apply to jobs? Like, what is it exactly that they're looking for? Um, And then really, a lot of our stuff is based on transparency and communication. So we basically reach out to the employees um, and just start working with them, right? And really supporting them in the way that they need. Um, And so we have these support calls that happen every week. Um, We also have the one-on-one coaching, one-on-one training. We have a team that can review your LinkedIn, or their resume, their LinkedIn, everything, right? Whatever it needs to be done. Um, including interview coaching and then talking about like salaries and negotiations. So we do the entire thing. The goal here is once you're done working with us, you're optimistic. And then hopefully you have, you know, a couple of jobs that you're interviewing at or get hired at. I love what you've said about 
you know, keeping the abundance mindset, keeping it positive, you know, positive and transparent. There definitely is an, an art to doing this and, and keeping that relationship with the employee, even if the employee is leaving the company. So let's shift again one more time, because I did say we might talk about the Gyan Source framework, because mm-hmm. part of what you do is on the front side, the recruiting, and then part of it is on the back side if people need to transition off. So tell me a little bit more about the three pillars. I understand there are three pillars of that framework. Correct. So these three pillars um, are mostly on the recruiting side, but it's actually really interesting because as we work with companies during the employee transition package, we realize there's a lot of similarities with what we do for recruiting and then what we work with employees and employers for um, when it comes to the employee transition. So the very first pillar is the first impression systems. And essentially, it is exactly what it says. It's the first impression that the candidate gets of the company, um, you know, before they even interview. So, you know, one of the things you mentioned at the early early on is like, well, you know, we're not finding talent, right? Like a lot of companies are saying like, we're not finding the right talent. And so I always say like introspect, right? So if, are you not finding talent because you're not clear about who you are, what you do, your vision, your values, your mission, your website, your, you know, um, Glassdoor, your YouTube, because we are now very research driven. So anytime we buy something, even a toy for my kid, I look at Amazon and I look at the reviews, right? Look at the ratings and people are going to do that even with companies, because this is a huge decision, right? Like this mm-hmm. is not something that people just want to apply to for fun. Like this is going to determine their livelihood, the career progression. And so first impression essentially is, How are your systems set up to provide the best impression to the candidate of yourself, right? Whether it's a business, whether even like the LinkedIn profile of the company, is it looking professional? Like, is it empty? We were working with a client and their website was so basic and they claimed to have 20 million in funding. And I'm like, you know, if I was a candidate, I'd be like, I don't think so because you can't even spend a couple thousand on uh, getting your website up and running, right? Those are the questions that people ask us as recruiters. Like, why is the website not have anything except the names of the founders. Like that's really what it had. Um, So it's stuff like that. It's also about how you reach out to candidates, right? The first time, are you, you know, are you being abrasive? Are you being salesy? Are you being genuine? People notice that, right? If you've gotten an automated message, you know that it's an automated message. We are very sensitive to that, right? Um, So that's the first impression system. The second pillar here is the cohesive culture method, right? And this is really about finding the good culture ad for your team and for the employee to find somewhere where they feel happy and they feel like they want to make an impact. Um, And Denise, since COVID, we've noticed that a lot of people prefer flexibility and amazing culture because we realized, um, you know, especially with remote work environments, that there's more to life than just work, right? And so finding a company where you can truly make an impact in whatever the vision or the mission or the values are and doing work that you really enjoy, right? And so kind of explaining that through the interview process. So like having your interview process, your onboarding process, and even your company culture that constantly talks about what the company is striving for and how this person can be a part of that mission, not just someone to be micromanaged, but how can they actually be a part of this mission, right? And when you kind of instill that in people and get them fired up and get them passionate, you're really going to see people deliver above and beyond, right? And we've all worked for companies where anytime they ask for something, it becomes a chore. But then we've also worked with companies where they ask for something and we go above and beyond to deliver. And the difference here is how passionate we are about that company's mission, the culture, how passionate we are about that leadership team, right? Um, Which brings me to my third pillar, which is the... Uh, 
sorry, the Compass Leadership System. I was like, I think I talked about that. So the Compass Leadership System is really as a leader and a founder um, and a manager, how are you leading your team to success, right? Um, Now with startups and remote environments, we don't have days where the CEO is locked up in the office somewhere at the top floor and you have to make an appointment. Everyone's on Slack, everyone's on Teams, Everyone's hanging out. They have sites. And, you know, there's a lot of flat hierarchy in healthy organizations right now, right? So Compass Leadership System is really about how are you emulating that transparency, that honesty about what's going on, right? So like telling people how your quarter was, what went well, what didn't go well, doing anonymous surveys to really get people to buy in and tell you like what's not working for their teams, for themselves, um, asking about work-life integration, asking about where they want to go next, you know, in the company, um, providing training opportunities, providing professional and personal training. So I worked for a client and the first Friday of each month, they had a mental health day where they gave, it was a paid holiday. And it was a Friday where people, you know, picked their kids up earlier or they did meditation classes or, you know, they just watched a movie with their spouse. It was a mental health day. So having benefits like that, where people feel like, wow, this is really cool, right? Like as a mom, as a parent, to me, I was like, this is awesome, right? It makes me feel like the leadership definitely knows what they're doing and they really care for the well-being of the of the company and the employers, right? And so it's really about how are you really um, ensuring that the people that you hire are succeeding there? And that's what the Compass Leadership System is all about. So those are the three pillars. Okay. That was first impression system, cohesive culture method, and the Compass Leadership Method. Correct. So when you do recruiting, do they automatically get this whole process? Mm-hmm. Okay. They get the entire process. So when you work with us, um, we have an onboarding call with them and we talk about we evaluate them. We have a rate, a kind of like a rubric. So we fill these things out. It pops out a number and it tells you your first impression systems, you're eight out of 10. That's great. Your cohesive culture, you're four out of 10. Okay. We need to fix that, right? Like your benefits are not great. You don't have any PTO. You require people to be there in office. Like you're micromanaging, like that's not good. And then we have the compass leadership, right? Again, it talks about the type of things that you do with your team that allow for you to be this compass leader that's guiding you in the right way. Um, and so we have a rubric and we rate them and we say, like, for us to continue working together, we need these to be seven plus out of 10, right? And so I'm selective in terms of the clients I take on because I'm very mission and vision driven. And I want the clients that are mission and vision driven. You know, I don't want clients who are just hiring for the sake of hiring because I know ultimately if these three components are missing, they're going to have increase in turnover, which which means they're constantly going to be frustrated with the people they bring in because they're going to leave them. Um, they're not going to have a lot of referrals. And ultimately, if no matter how amazing their product or service is, they're just going to struggle with finding the right team. And you know, when that happens and you kind of start burning out, the leadership starts burning out because now they're doing all this and hiring all the time. Um, and it's not a good culturally con- conducive <laughs> environment for anybody. So I was chuckling because we went through that. We totally went through that phase where we were struggling to to keep people here. And part of it was just the hiring process. We were absolutely not hiring the right people. We weren't articulating our mission up front so that people knew who we were and what we were about. So we did a lot of changing there, but that was so consuming, not just time consuming, but it was it just felt so frustrating and heavy all mm-hmm. the time. It leads to burnout, right? And people, I think one of the things too is people don't anticipate that. And people think of hiring as something that they will do when they get the clients or when they hit this revenue or, you know, whatever. But the truth is 
you know, again, if you have the abundance mindset and you know your company is going to grow, hiring has to be a pre-thought, not an afterthought, right? Because the minute you make it an afterthought, you will struggle. Um, and I've seen companies do that where they're like, oh my gosh, my business exploded. Now I have a wait list of over 20 people and I don't know how to, how to sort this out, right? And when you do that, there's somebody else who's picking up your customers because you're not able to service them. And so essentially you're losing out because you're not able to hire fast enough higher quality people um, because you don't have a quality process. And ultimately you're going to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm just losing people right now, right? Clients and team members. And I think that's the biggest thing is don't go into triage mode, make hiring a pre-thought, you know, you know, you're going to scale. Um, and even if you're not sure, hire someone part-time, you know, hire, so hire a VA, hire someone super part-time who can help you and then scale them up, right? Because if you don't ever do that, then you're not going to be able to be that visionary. You're going to be stuck in the operations. And as a CEO, your role is to really be that visionary, bring those clients um, and, and just really get business for, you know, for your company. That's why you're the CEO. That's why you're the founder. You're not there to send emails um, that somebody else could be sending for you, right? So that's kind of the bottom line. I love it. I love it. You hit now. I let me. I have two questions. <laughs> let me figure out which one I want to ask first. So I thought I saw on your website where you recruit for for highly technical roles. Is that exclusively, or that's just a sweet spot? No. So um, the tech recruiting actually started because when I started my business, I was working a W two job, and that was in manufacturing. Um, and so I had to get an approval from the HR team to do freelancing. And she basically said, I don't mind if you do it, but it can be in manufacturing. So I was like, okay, let's start with tech, right? Because that's totally different. So that's really how I started tech recruiting. So my clients just happened to be technical um, when I started only because of that, right? And I didn't want to like violate any NDAs or non-competes or any of that. So that's really what happened. Now, fast forward to today, we have technical, we're actually working with a shapewear company right now. So we have like an e-commerce platform. We have a fintech company. We have a pharma company that we're working with. Uh, we have a sales company that we're working with. So now it's expanded, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a lot of candidates for the tech roles, right? And when I say tech, um, obviously engineering, product management, product design, but we also have tech companies who say, hey, you know, we're looking for, you know, a business manager or, hey, we're looking for a financial analyst. And so even though the role itself is in tech, the company is tech. But then we also have it the other way where we have a shapewear company who's, you know, hiring me to hire them a, a find up a data analyst. Right. And so, again, it's a non-tech company hiring for a tech role. So gotcha. um, I think it just really matters. Uh, but it's just somehow when I started, because I knew I couldn't dip into some of these other markets because of my non-compete, um, I had to really define a niche for myself to protect myself. And I started in the tech because it's, you know, and women in tech, like there's very, there's not a lot of women in tech. And so I felt like that could be a good differentiator as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we, you, we had also talked previously about some DIY courses that you have. Mm -hmm. Tell me so about this. DIY course. Um, and it's basically if you are starting to scale your team, but you can't, you know, yet afford to hire a recruiter or an agency. Um, it's a really cool course. It has about six modules and it tells you about the different pillars that I just went over. And it dives down into each pillar. So for first impression, you know, we'll talk to you about how to create job descriptions that align. We'll talk about how to position your LinkedIn profile, how to set up an interview process. How do you do technical tests during your interview process? Um, how do you onboard people? How do you do offer negotiations? So it's really like a recruiting in a box, right? So it's, if you're like, hey, I need to hire three people, 
but I would rather watch the scores or have my week VA watch the scores and then like have her kind of build it out. We have worksheets that you can basically fill for your own business. Um, And then you get coaching calls with me. So you get six weeks of calls with me where every week we just say like, hey, what's happening this week? Like, what can I help you with now? Um, And essentially kind of walk through that. Um, The goal here is that, you know, we want to support you um, as you make your first hire. So our guarantee is we'll stay with you, you know, one-on-one kind of until you make your first hire because we want you to be successful. And the goal here is as you guys grow and you can afford to hire us, then you can hire us when you get to the 10 person team hire, like five more people or whatever. Right. Um, But really, it's allowing you to build a healthy foundation. And the reason I created this is, you know, very simple. I felt like there was a gap in the way that hiring was taught. And how the way it was taught was very much a triage mode as opposed to a free thought and as opposed to planning ahead. And I realized that people lose so much money because they make poor hires. They lose money, they lose energy, they burn out, they feel exhausted and overwhelmed. And my course is allowing you to not do that. So it's low ticket enough to where you could say like, I can do this myself. And I have her to help me out every step of the way, um, you know, so that you can actually do it. It's it's feasible. It's something that, you know, I really feel like it's super value driven. Perfect. Perfect. So Neha, how, how can our listeners find you after the podcast? So um, you can find me on my website. So if you just go to recruit Gian, so recruit, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-G-Y-A-N.com. Um, you can even find me on LinkedIn. It's Neha Naik, N-E-H-A-N-A-I-K. And then you can email me at um, neha.naik, so N-E-H-A dot N-A-I-F-I-K at recruit, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-G-Y-A-N dot com. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. But yeah, I'm excited to connect. So reach out, you know, if you have any questions about hiring or um, transitioning or anything like that. Perfect. And we'll make sure that all your information is in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. Thank you, Neha. Thanks, Denise. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth through technology, leadership, and people strategies. Do you have an idea for a podcast or feedback you'd like to share with me? Send me a note through my website at dcavirtual.com slash contact.